Technique is very, very important. And um, what is technique to you? Technique is at its best when it's invisible. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important part of it. We, when we go and see a play or a mm-hmm. film or whatever, whatever the medium is, I don't really want to see the cogs turning. There's some actors that you can be dazzled by their technique and not be as taken in. And then, you know, and I'm sure we've all got our favourites in terms of actors whose technique is so masterful that you actually cannot see the cogs turning. The analogy would be the swan on the surface of the water and underneath the legs are going like that, but you can't see the, the legs. Chookers. Chookers. <laughs> Welcome. Was I supposed to say that? Yes, yeah, that would be great. Hello. I'm, I'm James. And I'm Neil. And we have a special guest here today. Hello, gentlemen. My name is Sam. And I'm uh, Pisces and Jewish. Done. Good. <laughs> fish, Good fish, fish works. Fish works. <laughs> Two fish without a map. Story of my life. So, welcome, Sam. You're a, I mean, how would you describe it? You're an artist. You're a storyteller. First no, of all, can we, should yeah. we just say how we know him first before you sure. get in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. you like okay, okay, okay. shove it down his throat? <laughs> <laughs> Which prison Matter did we meet in? <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Um, I think the first time I met you, Sam, was actually at, at after um, we were doing a short and sweet play and um, uh, Alice Furs introduced us. Um, and, and we met, and 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 uh, you were like, "Oh, I think I've seen you before." Hi, my name is Sam, and I'm like, "I think I've seen you too." <laughs> and then I realized you were everywhere and knew everybody. Um, so of course, a legend in my own lunch time. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's. And then you and then you started coming along to our upper class improv troops, and then you Absolutely, joined us on yeah. the piano. Um, but and then I've also been part of your classes as well. Um, what about yeah, you, yeah. Neil? Well, I've just been part of your classes. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah absolutely. It was like uh, 2019, I think it was, and I uh, came did in. Did we originally meet through Tash? Or? We did meet, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Tash did uh, say, oh, I knew him first. So uh, <laughs> she did bring that up before, and I said, oh, okay. I'd love to hear her impression of you. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy put my arms around. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I met, uh, met yeah. you through Tash, and I uh, said, so, you know, and I was travelling between Sydney and Canberra all the time, and mm. I said, if, when I can, I could come on Sundays, Saturdays, and do one of your classes up in uh, in Redfin, and I, think I, did, yeah. I did a few of them, and I enjoyed it, and um, and that's how I met you, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and I guess we've sort of been staying in touch somewhere, some form. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, I've worked with you guys in class a few times, and yeah, seen you in all sorts of stuff. Certainly with the you in upper class players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're. In your you you like we mentioned classes yeah yeah but also we've also performed we've worked together yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely so we've done probably three or four shows now yeah 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 yeah. yeah 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 when he's I mean I'm only on keys yeah I'm, oh. I play piano but but it's absolutely a part of giving and taking in, in terms of improv so yeah, absolutely it's but fun. but how would you I'm a so poor man's Richard Ranch with you guys with like you know the guy from Who's Line who, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but so I'm I'm just wondering for people who might not know you sure. What would you? Who is Sam Half? Who is Lovely. Sam Huff? <coughs> that was who is beautiful, Sam Huff? mate. We didn't oh, train you James. for that, James. I've been asking myself this question for many years. I was, I was born at an early age. I met my mum when I was very young. Um, I work as an actor. I work as a teacher. I direct. I write. So I'm sort of a 
you know, I guess a jack of all trades and doing my best to be as good at all of them as, as I can. By the way, this mic's cutting in and out a little bit. It might just be my headphones. Uh, I, I, I think so. it's all right on my headphones. You guys can hear uh, yeah. okay. As cool, long as cool, you cool. can hear yourself, aren't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, so I work as an actor and I direct and I teach and I write and I sort of, you know, I've been doing that for about 20 years now. So, mm. Yeah, and I find a son l- of two actors and all that stuff. So it's in the family. You know? yeah. 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 But I mean, a lot of people. Um, I find it's n- so natural to, a- as an actor, is to also direct and is also write. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So, from the point of view of directing, I, I almost think it's, it should be kind of prerequisite to some degree in terms of most of the best directors I've ever worked with. They've at least been on the boards at some point. And some mm. directors, well, some of the best directors in the world are, are mm. self-confessed not the best actors, but that's one of the reasons I might have ended up on the other side of the footlights. But I think it's very important to have... Know what it's like to be up there. When did you switch over? Like, was it, was it, it was like you did in the, in the, in well, the back I, in the day as well. Well, I, in terms of when did I start directing as well? Yeah, it was, yeah, so it was acting. It was acting your first thing you ever did. Or was it? Because I know yeah, you played yeah. the piano and you're yeah, bloody yeah. awesome. I heard you a few times. Thank you very much. <laughs> you are Checks awesome. in the mail. Checks in the mail. Um, I, I, I sort of, well, you know, I grew up with a family of actors. So I grew up backstage. I grew up in the UK in London. Um, and you know, when my parents are on tour doing shows, obviously they're not going to leave me at home when I'm five. So they. I'd be in green rooms and growing mm. up backstage and sort of fell in love with the, what do they call it, the roar of the grease paint smell of the crowd. And um, and then when we moved to Australia when I was 17, I started um, started going to drama school here because I, it, it occurred to me that that was what I wanted to do, to do. I wanted to be an actor as well. And then sort of fell into a little bit of directing. And then teaching was something I started to do quite young. It was probably about third year at drama school. I was already starting to, wow. to do yeah a little bit of teaching on the side for the, for the school, for the open program. And um, it got to the point where I fell in love with it. And now it's almost like I sometimes turn down the odd bit of acting work to mm. teach. And it's, you know, I mean, there's this sort of contentious issues about those who can't teach and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. But most of, the best, most of the best teachers I know, like I was saying with directors and actors, you've got to have done it. You know, mm. It's an experiential thing. Mm. You can't sit there with a whiteboard or a blackboard and, you know, lecture and pontificate about this. You have to have mm. done it. I yeah. think, so. The way I look at it is like, because in terms of, I look at military wise, in like uh, commission officers, uh, sorry, non commission officers, officers are usually respected a little bit more than officers, because non commission officers, they have been through trenches, trench warfare, yeah, or whatever, yeah. and they've done everything, you know. Absolutely. Now, of course, it's officers also have, but, and they've been, yeah. and I feel like same thing with, uh, with directors who have been through that avenue. Mm, mm. They have that skill and they have, they know what's, what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's funny, it's kind of a segue here, but well, I remember doing a play years and years ago, with, uh, it was called Break and Morant, Australian, famous Australian story and play. And talking of the military, there were two or three at least, I think, real soldiers in the play. Mm, wow. One of them very high ranking. I think we're talking almost colonel. Wow. And we had our opening night and he came up to me afterwards. This is a guy who's done two tours of Afghanistan and he says, um, that was the scariest thing I've ever done. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. You'd think, well, you must be kidding me. And he actually said, no, I'm quite serious. Wow. Different type of, you know. If that's mm. the word you want to use, but Wasn't, um, uh, Adam, uh, what's the name? The guy from Star. Oh, sorry, Adam Brown Block. Adam Driver. 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 Yeah, the exact same thing. Because he was in the yeah. Marines, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. He was in the Marines. Yeah, yeah before he did. Uh, I think Girls was the first big series he did. Yeah. Wonderful like that. Yeah, good, great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sam, what do you think about um, in, in talking about that that? Um, military person who found that fear there. Sure. What do you think, what's your kind of advice to people who aren't, haven't done a play before or done sure. a film yeah. or, mm. yeah, what, what do you think you should, what you would want to equip them with? In terms of what technical, to what to expect. Mm. I mean, well, 
not to know what to expect is to some degree. I think the, the interesting thing, thing about our line of work is, yeah, there are, if you want to call them rules or guidelines that were taught, but ultimately I think it's getting at peace or becoming at peace with the unexpected in terms of, you know, um, there's, a, there's a phrase we use in class which is, you know, what's the difference between fear and excitement? It's the spelling, you know. Mm. If I get on a roller coaster and it's the first time I've been on it, you know, there might be a bit of me going, oh, shh. And then there's a little bit of me that can turn that into, wow, this will be fascinating. So, you mm. know, there's something exciting about, but particularly with theatre, you just don't know how it's going to play out every night and there's, you know, the that, that sort of uncharted waters. So I think that's a very, very important thing to embrace. You know, there, there, I don't know if you guys have been in these podcasts talking much about the, the pandemic and, you know, and, and COVID, you know, but it, it does come up in conversation, obviously, in class a little bit. And I heard a, a, a wonderful meme about about COVID, about, about the pandemic, someone said you're witnessing people going through the... Uh, um, you're witnessing people going through withdrawal symptoms of an addiction to the false notion of certainty. <laughs> I think it's a really yeah, good well, way of looking well, at it. Yeah. And I kind of think when you're an actor, we're going, well, fucking come on in, the water's fine. I've been yeah. uncertain for 20 years. You <laughs> don't know when the next job's coming and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. But um, in terms of what else to expect, I think, you know... I always say to people to come in with, a, with an open mind in terms of, um, you know, there's no hard and fast rule of how to act well. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people who have certain techniques or methodologies they like to use and utilise. And as far as, oh, as far as I'm concerned, it's more about, um, you know, finding out what works for you. When I was at mm. drama school, it was kind of like being a kid in a toy shop, you know, you, you might like, or a kid in a sweet shop. I like chocolate or I don't like, you know, ginger or whatever it happens to be. And then after you've found your way, you might find out 10 years later that something you were taught in drama school years mm. before mm. actually turns out to work really well for you. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, drama schools can be an immersive experience where you choose all sorts of methodologies and, and find out what mm. works for you. When I'm teaching, I try and work out what the actor needs, you know, mm. what, they're, what works best for them. So, yeah, yeah, that answers that question. Yeah. Mm, mm, so, so how important, the next question, of course, so, so technique, how important is it? Technique is very, very important. And um, what is technique to you? Technique is at its best when it's invisible. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important part of it. We, when we go and see a play or a mm -hmm. film or whatever, whatever the medium is, I don't really want to see the cogs turning. There's some actors that you can be dazzled by their technique and not be as taken in. And then, you know, and I'm, I'm sure we've all got our favourites in terms of actors whose mm -hmm. technique is so masterful that you actually cannot see the cogs turning. The analogy would be the swan on the surface of the water and underneath the legs are going like that, but you can't see the legs you know um but i do think you know this is a craft and that's sort of a very important thing um i don't think it's a job that you can sort of just you, you know there have been examples of people falling into acting and it just suddenly miraculously mm. took off for them but as far as i'm concerned longevity comes from from having techniques so that when whatever's thrown at you in terms of the part that you're playing that you have a way to kind of you know to to bring the best out of it and um i don't think that uh I don't think that you can go through your entire career with not without picking up technique along the way as well. Mm, you know, mm. I mentioned my folks before. My dad's uh, been an actor for fifty-five years now, and he's kind of school of life. He never went to drama school, you know. Mm. And um, my mum learned on the job as well. She was a started off a chorus girl and then became, mm. you know, a, a, um, an actor as well. And I think they both learned on the job. And then I, I ended up going to drama school. And we, you know, at the time, the way I was, because I was, maybe because I was a little bit too young, but the, time, the way I was treating it, I, did, I think I kind of lost a little bit of the joy for a little while. Mm. So that's another thing that I think is important with technique. <coughs> ultimately, it's all there to help you to play. Mm. You know? 
to free you up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, you know, uh, when, when I went through the theatre school and, and unfortunately I didn't get that opportunity where you're, where you're talking about being able to play and I think a lot of, sure. a lot of institutions are losing that. Like, yeah, yeah. Letting, letting actors just go and, and play and, and create things and find things. Yeah. And, yeah. and when I went through it, I, I, I struggled because there were a lot of favoritisms and, and there was like sure. picking out whatever and, and like, well, you know, that's not right. I think we should all be allowed to be going find new things. You yeah, know? absolutely, and absolutely. Yeah. And there are people who have been doing this job for longer than other people. You know, mm. you'd hope your teachers have a lot of experience, but one mm. of the best things I've learned is the wisest people in the world know they don't know everything. You know, yeah. and some of the greatest people that I've ever worked with, certainly people in their 60s, 70s, even their 80s, probably even older than that, are, mm. um, are still discovering, you know, mm. they're still learning things. We had, a, um, we had some wonderful teachers at drama school. One of the teachers that was a guest at the time, was a guest teacher, a director, was Nick Enright, who was a you know, wonderful Australian playwright and had been an actor himself. And he had this quality about him. That even though he'd, I mean, we're talking to someone who's been nominated for an Oscar. He's written, you know, Lorenzo's Oil and the Book of Boy from Oz, the, the, the libretto. And Nick used to walk into the room like this was his first day on the job, like it was just all mm. new and a discovery mm. to him. And it was, you know, it's a word we don't like to use during a pandemic, contagious. But it was contagious <laughs> to the rest <laughs> of the group. You know, we'd all sort of feed off that wonderful excitement. So there's another phrase that I always, you know, I borrowed from someone from years ago which is there should be three words in the back of every actor's mind which is relaxation enjoyment and focus mm. relaxation enjoyment and focus and if i ask anyone you know which which one is the most important out of those words i'm hoping enjoyment is the one that mm. we lean to mm. you know it is called a play for a reason which is actually mm. what nick told us on the first day he worked with us you know mm. Do you just, yeah. go out, just go out and play yeah go out and play mm. i think we we did the three sisters um together he was directing it and he said to us all, what's the play about? We're all, you know, second year drama school students. We're at the end of first year, beginning of second year, we're going, oh, it's about the bourgeoisie, it's about bored people, it's about this, and all trying to sort of be the smartest person in the room. And he said, no, it's about three ladies who want to go to Moscow, and they don't. <laughs> you know? well, that's a lovely way of looking at it, about simplifying yeah. things. Mm, you know? mm, mm. The uh, last thing about technique, I'm giving a very long-winded answer to that's a good, simple that's question, but uh, the other thing about technique is, uh, not only its absence, but simplicity. That's a very, very hard thing for us to, to get our heads around. I've certainly struggled with it for a long, long time about not making things too complex. A lot of the best art, as far as I'm concerned, is relatively simple. You know, the Beatles can write one of the greatest love songs, I Want to Hold Your Hand. It's that simple, you know, mm. or, um, you know, great paintings. I went to that. I don't know if you guys went and saw the um, the Van Gogh Alive. Mm. Was, you know what? Was, I yeah. just, we missed that. It's it was crazy. I know. So we really good. wanted it. It was always, always sold out. Yeah, yeah. It was doing really well. And I think that came from a, a guy went to the Van Gogh exhibition with his kids and they said, oh, this is boring. Dad. He said, how can I make this more exciting? And he's, you know, just his artwork on beautiful big screens with incredible music playing underneath. But you look at Van Gogh and, you know, tortured soul but that guy just sort of looked at the world and just went right that's what i see and this is what i'm going to paint and it's that deceptive thing and it's all elusive of keeping things simple um harder than it looks there was a what was it, it was a guy who wrote someone a letter and the beginning of it, beginning of it was i would have written you a shorter letter but i didn't have time yeah which kind of makes sense to me you know simplifying everything yeah it takes practice uh, yeah. okay you talked about uh nick and ryan yeah um who are other mentors that you've had sure. along your path? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, we had a wonderful voice teacher called Betty Williams uh, when I was at NIDA back in 1922. Uh, no, I was there um, <coughs> 98, 99. Betty Williams, 
was was a pretty wonderful um, influence on me. Um, I my first play out of drama school was with a wonderful director called Jim Sharman. Mm. Yeah, so if anyone knows the Rocky Horror Show, he mm. made the film of it and also directed the sort of original Australian productions of Jesus Christ Superstar and mm. Hair and Rocky Horror Show when it first started in the UK. That was um, him and Richard O'Brien. So yeah, so Jim was a very big influence. My folks have been a very big influence on me. Um, you know, I've worked with them quite a few times, which mm. is great fun. And, you know, I've done a couple of plays with them. Actually, mm. a couple, probably about five or six. Um, and often colleagues, you know, that you sort of encounter on the way and you just go, well, what is it about that particular person that's so wonderful? And, what you know, you learn in, uh, while you're rehearsing together and we pick up, you know, tricks of the trade from each other. I learn from students as well. <coughs> I learn from watching people's work in the room. And my belief is you're only as good as the people you play tennis with as well, you know. Mm. It's, it's about being around people that inspire <coughs> you. More of that, the better. So mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna. Um, so I was gonna ask before you, got, you jumped in. Um, how J- this guy always jumps in all the time. He's, <laughs> he's full of great questions, by the way. Yeah, he's done really well, by the way. Yeah, I'm yeah. so <laughs> proud of him. <laughs> I want to cry. That's no, great. You guys love this thing you guys are doing. It's really, really good. Yeah. Look. Also, we we started. As a, uh, I'm not sure if you listened to our first um, um, podcast, but I've listened to a few of them and yeah. I love them. Yeah. They're Essentially, we we just want to connect everyone you know and, mm, and let mm. everyone um know that we're all in, all in this just sort of in, in this together right mm. so one of the th- when you were uh, telling us about um the people who's influenced you and all you know i, I want to ask you how important is it for people to not because uh, i feel like in in in, in theater schools mm. people our teachers are trying to make everyone sound the same and and not, not on my watch, how, love. How, how important? <laughs> not on my watch. And then I feel yeah. like every time I'm out somewhere, they're, like, they're trying yeah. to perfect this thing, which is not there. But isn't individuality much more important being than, than, than being someone like someone, else, someone else? Absolutely. Um, we always forget this, and there's yeah, this idea of this cookie cutter mold of what a good actor is. I mean, mm. is any you know, whoever you are, whatever you bring mm. to it, I, you, it's a funny one, isn't it? Yeah. Like you ask some one person what their favourite food is, or so mm. it's the same with the arts. I think you know everyone has different tastes, and mm. you're not there to please people. You're there to entertain people um, and to tell stories. And I think you know you can't account for everybody's tastes. Mm. Um, and I'm full of anecdotes and desk calendar quotes, but there's another great example of this: Ro- Rosemary Clooney, George Clooney's. Um, um, by the way, by the, let me let, let me let me tell you real quick. Go on, go on. All these quotes you're saying, yeah. and all the people who say, "We have to write this, my friend." Oh no! <laughs> oh. It's going to be a bibliography. That's a great. lot longer than my CV. It's, it's great. <laughs> we, have, we have Diego who's uh, producing it, so it he's uh, working really hard. Yes. So it's there great. are 14 sources, <laughs> and they're all from different books. Some of them are in libraries, and some of them are uh, it's, it's interesting. That's great. Go um, but Rosemary Clooney, she said to George. George Clooney, um, her nephew. Um, if they if they say you're bad, ignore them. Mm-hmm. If they say you're good, ignore them. And I think it's a great one. You know, mm. I'm the first person to fret and worry about what other people think of me. You know, it's been a trait in my nature for years, and I think it's kind of you know you think well, it's going to make your job difficult. Really, and actually, you learn from the craft, and it, it, it affects the way you see yourself and the way you see the world around you. So, going back to your question about you know uh, being a certain type of actor, mm. I think um, you know it, it's the old thing: acting is lying with yourself put into it. But if you don't put yourself into it, it's just lying. You know? mm. If you go in for a casting, if you have been cast in a role, whatever it happens to be, the reason is we want to see your version of it. Yeah, you know? 
And of course, you have your two types of actors. I used to call it two types anyway. I don't mm. know if that rule still applies, but in terms of character actors and then your transformational actors. Ironically, character actors weren't people who played lots of characters. They were people who played themselves. So John Wayne was always John Wayne. Mm. Um, yeah, it was Lucille Ball was always Lucille Ball. Uh, and then you've got, you know, your Kates and your, your um, Johnny Depps and all mm. those people who can kind of transform. But ultimately, I think it's very, very important that every actor remembers that if you don't own what you're doing, if you don't believe in what you're doing, then you're going to feel like you're kind of pissing in the wind. It's going to be nerve-wracking. It's mm. going to be, you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot of it's about ownership, yeah. Mm. And the other thing is some people, we don't know who we are anyway. You know? mm. It's like Peter Sellers said, the reason I play all these characters, I have no idea who I am. It's another one for you to write. <laughs> <laughs> so we're up to B. You know? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one, though, isn't it? It's a good question. Yeah, because a hard and fast answer to it. Exactly. Yeah, because like I've I've been I've struggled quite a bit with it, and every time uh, I talk to other actors about mm. it or whatever, and I just listen to what they're saying, and mm. and they're always. I mean, it's great to look. I look up to certain actors and whatnot. People mm. I may want to emulate or may want to. I, I look at them. Oh wow, I would love to do that kind of stuff. But like, mm. I'm like, you know. I'm Neil Park, and I want to be just like Absolutely. I am. I have my own stories, and I want to, yeah. and, and I want to tell the best way I can. Yes. And, and 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 then going through theatre school and going through whatever, and they people look, oh, you don't look like an actor, you don't look like this, but like, well, what does an, what actor, does an actor look? What like? does an actor look like? And yeah. like and like people just because you you folks um, watch a certain type of film yeah. doesn't mean I had to as well. Yeah. Um, we all grew up in a different sort of way, Absolutely. you know. And, Absolutely. And and this is what I want to tell people in chookers or people who are involved no matter what we're mm. still uh aiming for the same goal absolutely doesn't absolutely. matter how we how we get, get around it and it's also important to, to remind ourselves that acting is public domain it belongs to everyone mm. we're all doing it i mm. think people often think that acting means pretending to me acting just means doing mm. i think brando this is up to bees but brando was asked you know um you he was doing an interview with Connie Chung and she said, uh, you realise that you're the, considered the greatest actor in the world. And he said, my dog's the greatest actor in the world. Points to his dog. He pretends he likes me when he wants food. You know? <laughs> we're all doing it. We're all acting in day-to-day -day life and we're going about our business. And I think it's, it's very important to remember that, um, you know, any good story is going to have a, a vast range of people mm. that, that, it, that it's depicting. So I, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule. I also don't think it's ever too late to start being an mm. actor, you know, some people go into it in their 40s, 50s, or mm. later, you know. Mm. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, most of my favourite actors are unusual, original people. Mm. I'm not even convinced yet that Christopher Walken is human. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he looks like he's one of the forest folk, he's from another planet. He goes, fucking, excuse my friend, we're not just swearing. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He, he <laughs> fucking commas where they don't belong. You know, damn, strange. What, I gotta walk in, in yes. Damn, but you know, yeah, he's an unusual person. All these wonderful, you know, original types of people. That's that's very very important. And I mean, of course, there's the other side of the coin, which has become a very um, a big discussion. And you know, we I, I'm sure we have very similar feelings on this. But it's the idea of can you only play somebody with your lived experience? And to me. And I'm not, you know, there is, there is certainly, there are examples where, for example, with the latest Sia, this film, music, I think that it would have been, uh, it would have been certainly better, to say the least, if she had had an actor who was, had had that lived experience of what they're depicting. Mm. And if she's looking, I mean, example, we have a wonderful student at SAA who is, you know, high functioning, 
artistic actor. Mm. Super wonderful actor. You know, comes up with these incredible and original and brilliant choices. Mm. Cuts through the bullshit. One of the most honest actors. When he hits his stride, he's incredible. Mm. So, you know, that's there's there's a lot of this d- debate going on. But at the same time, I think there's something about, you know, you said this this job brings people together that I do feel is, you know, and it has to be within reason and, 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 and understanding of one another. But that we learn from what's the old saying of you don't know what someone's life is like until you've walked a mile in their shoes mm. and part of the wonderful thing about this job is that you do you get to do it, it yeah you do you get, get to, do, to it. do it yeah yeah so i do think certainly in a drama school situation not necessarily in a commercial film or mm. what have you i wouldn't want to see someone cast in a in, in uh, of an ethnicity that they're not i don't think that that, that is appropriate or, or or should should be anything that's you know up for debate but I wonder if in drama school the idea of at least, you know, we all had to play an old person, for example. Mm. I remember talking to Nick and right, we did the three sisters. I had to play an old guy. I was, you know, 75. And I did the usual thing. Put talcum powder in your hair and you end up walking like someone who's just shat themselves. You know, <laughs> look at me creeping along. And then an old man at the time, relatively old, John Clark, who ran the school, said to me, Hafty, just remember that when you're playing old, we're just the same as you. We just move our necks slower. <laughs> Once we get, get going, yeah, yeah, going. Yeah, 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 but we just we're the same as you. We just move our next slow. I don't think anyone wakes up one morning and goes, "Shit, I'm seventy. I have to behave a certain way." <laughs> yeah, just like playing different, you know, historical eras when people talk about people standing up a certain way in the 1800s. They weren't looking at each other and going, "We're in 1800, Charlie. We better, st-, you know." It was because people were wearing starched collars, mm, corsets, mm. what have you. Things like the way people used to lift a drink in mm. those sort of eras was because they didn't want to get their cuff in. The, so you, you sort of work out why people behave the way they do in a certain environment, you know. Um, but like I say, going back to the idea of being an original, everyone is. There is no way you're going to be the same as anyone else. And, and you know, in class, for example, I normally will give people uh, two-handers. We normally work with two-handed scenes, but I'll normally pair people up with different scenes. So everyone doing a different scene in class, we all get to watch a different scene from a different uh, pairing. But uh, sometimes, you know, we'll give two people the same scene. And you'll see two versions of the same character and you go, now you know what a casting director's going through. Mm. You know, casting directors have an extraordinarily difficult job at some times because they want ten people that they see. They think, that person's great, that person's great, you know. Um, so I think that's very important to remember. And that's why they got you in the room in the first place, which is why make sure your headshot is indicative of you. Mm. I've got one where I look like a poor man's Josh Brolin and it's not right. I need to get a new one. It's a great photo. It's beautifully, you know, the, the headshot photography is wonderful. But I, know, I think, is that me? You know, sometimes I look at it and I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that who walks through the door when I come into the room? Hello, how you doing? You know, yeah. Um, I, I wish it was Josh Brolin. I'm I've like, got a question. Cool. I think you're uniquely placed to have information on this. But sure. I'm wondering about the... Um, the Sydney acting community. Yeah. Um, what's great about it, but also what could it be doing better? That's a very good question. I mean, you know, I don't do as many, certainly not over the last couple of years, and that was my choice. I decided I wanted to focus more on the teaching and the, the directing, and if the odd film comes up, the odd television job comes up. See how I was an actor, I made it straight about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about me for um, But, you know, going back to the theatre scene, uh, I must have done about, you know, 40 plays over about 10 or 15 years. Most of the major theatre companies, most of the, you know, independent theatres. That's how I cut my teeth. And the thing I always loved about it was, you know, it was a community, of course. It's a wonderful assembly of disparate souls who come together and we tell stories together. 
Um, <clears throat> the main thing for me, sorry about the cough, it's not COVID, I'm just a smoker. Um, but the main thing for me, I wish, and I'm sure I'm not alone here, is that we had more theatres, more paying theatres, and I know, you know, that's a contentious issue. Well, you know, where do we get the money from and so on and so forth. We all know that, but there, there is, a, there is, to me, has always been a, a distinct, for a city of this size... And I'm probably preaching to the choir if most people listening to this podcast are actors, but you know, there's a distinct lack of theatres in this. You know, you walk mm. down the street in the West End, mm. every side of the road, you know, the same in Broadway, every side of the road, you've got someone in that play, someone in that play. Also, sort of nodal places where actors will meet. There's a wonderful restaurant in London. It's probably not open at the moment, but it'll reopen when, you know, when uh, things go back to normal. Mm. But Joe Allen's, where people would go and break bread mm. between shows, and you'd be sitting there, oh, there's Judy Dench having a crab salad, you know. And it's, mm. Yeah, there's, so the, the, there's this sort of nodalization, for want of a better word, I'm very good at Scrabble, um, but there's a nodalization of, of, of our craft that I think sometimes feels a little bit disparate in this town. And it's not because of the people involved, because this, this business is comprised of the most wonderful people you'll ever meet. You know, you make yeah. lifelong friendships in plays and working together, and even people you haven't worked with, but you meet over the years. So for me, um, yeah, I think it is. I, it, w- it would be, it's the old thing, if, if you build it, they will come. Mm. And I wonder if it's to do with really, and I'm, I'm certainly not the first person to have brought this up, but mm. if you try and think of a... a where is the main area where all the theatres are? I mean, you've got Newtown, you've got loads of spaces there, you've mm. got King's Cross, you've got loads of great spaces. There's mm. such good theatre happening. You know, the mm. old Fitz, the Griff, KXT, you know, all these venues. So I wonder if there's something about, from a logistical point of view, of if you build a bunch of them in the same place. Mm. And so that, and as much as I love the big, big musical with the best of them, Mm. You know, I'm the son of a hoofer, but I also think that the idea of not just the big musicals being what when people mm. come to Sydney go, oh, let's go and see a show, that you come to see a show when you're in town. It's part tourism is so important in our business, mm. you mm. know, and that's not copping out. When you go to New York or London, you go, <laughs> you know, well, get look, up at six in the morning, mm, queue at Times mm. Square, go and see a show mm. or see something down the road, some tiny little dive somewhere with one of the best plays you've ever seen, you know. Mm. That can happen in this town, but I think mm. it's very, very important to strategize about that mm. when the time comes that it's possible to do so well i think also like i feel last last eight years i think especially because sydney's nightlife has gone down sure and that's impacted greatly on also in theaters because people would go to theaters and they would go out for a drink my bed (laughs) (laughs) that guy wanted it all to go didn't he because king king's cross particularly yeah decimate that area so you could build Build apartment blocks, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Like move, sorry, moving the powerhouse to Paramount. Yeah. I mean, that, was, that was never about, that was just Piermont, you know. We mm. want to build things that mm. make much more money for us than, for, mm. you know. Mm. Money but, ain't everything, sorry. Mm. So do, do you think it's also, because like I think a lot of theatres have an issue with getting bums on seats. Mm. What can what do you think can be done about that? Like, Philanthropy is very important. We've got to remember that, you know, and I won't name names of theatre yep, companies, but fun. I'm well aware of this fact, particularly with the theatre company that I did a lot of plays with um, in my sort of first five or six years out of, out of drama school. Um, but logistically, the cost of a seat in a theatre is only half covered for some theatres by the cost of the ticket. You know, so if a, yeah, so if a seat is 60 or 70 bucks, I mean, yep. we've tried doing the maths ourselves a couple of times, me and a mate, we were going through, in a calculator, I was doing this like a week ago with Ben Brighton. We're going, mm. okay, so if they do, right, do, 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 hang on a minute. So that means that, yeah, and if you actually add it all up, um, 
it, it kind of the, the cost of a seat in the theatre, for the theatre to run it, half of it sometimes is covered by the cost of a ticket sale. Um, so then what you've got to think about is philanthropy. You've got to think of... One of the things I used to love when I was growing up in London was that the National Lottery mm. would take a chunk of their, um, their earnings from ticket sales and that goes to the theatre. Right. So it goes to the arts. So you basically, you know, if the National Lottery, I'm pulling a figure out my ass here, but say the National Lottery raised 100 million every week from people having a, having a flutter, uh, that say, you know, four or five million of it would go into the arts, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on those figures, but that's the notion, that's the idea behind it. You know, you've also got things like um, British Rail, I think, was subsidising the National Theatre for a while. So you could have the British Rail tickets, which were £10 for if you're under 35 years old, all that yep. sort of stuff. That's another thing, of course, is young audiences. So, mm-hmm. so important. It's so easy because, and I'm guilty of it as well, like I'll go and see as much theatre as I can, particularly because there's usually a lot of friends in shows and I want to go and see them and I want to see their work. Mm. But, you know, television has become, we're in a renaissance of television. Right. Yeah, there used to be a saying, which is television is a medium because it's neither rare nor well done. Yeah, but now television is littered with all this wonderful stuff. It's a renaissance. So mm. it's very easy to stay at home and go, you know, the good place is looking good. Or, you know, I'll stay at home and shit's great. Well, what does theatre have that TV doesn't? The live experience, of course. The feeling of congregating as a, as a bunch of people together and watching another bunch of people on stage and then leaving feeling like one bunch of people. I think that's the really important thing with the live performance which is why they talk about cinema dying. Not on my watch. I'm going to go to theatre. I went to the cinema a couple of days ago. I saw one of the best films I've seen for ages. I've seen a couple recently that have just knocked me for six. You know, the standard is still just as high as it's ever been. Mm. And there's the odd, you know, crock of shit. But, mm. um, but, you know, there's something about being in a crowd of people watching a bunch of other people telling a story mm. that I think um, you can't put a price on. And, you know, it goes back to what's the meaning of life. You're born, you, you live, hopefully, you know, sort of live anthropologically, watch the world go by, learn from your fellow people, have a baby if that's what you want to do, make some art, and then hopefully <laughs> die peacefully in your sleep. But, I mean, in the meantime, it's about community, about congregating together. So this sort of singular thing of sitting at home and just watching things and, and saying, well, I saw a story, but you weren't in the room with everyone while it was being told. Mm. So I think that is something that theatre needs to remind its audience that you will not be able to get anywhere else, you know, and cinema. Yeah. But like even like now with Netflix and whatnot, it, mm. people rarely like watch a full film. They'll stop halfway, <laughs> pause it, watch another film, yeah. pause it. Yeah. They never watch all the way through. Nothing has l- taught me how bad my attention <laughs> span is than an iPhone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many yeah. times I've just gone, I just want to see whether Trump said something stupid recently, then I'll go back to it. Then I go back to Thank it. Thank God they've closed down his account. So I'm getting through a lot more television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, that's yeah. the, 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 like I think that's one of the biggest thing I, I struggle with is that people uh, they, they want to capture every single freaking moment like mm, mm. I want to capture the moment you know take yeah. photos every single thing whatever mm. you know like well we're, well I think there's more to say about things we don't have to capture and just yeah. capture in your head Absolutely. which is what theatre is about you yeah. go into theatre and you yeah. watch and you yeah. you're with the experience with the rest of the audience yeah. and you're watching and you're learning about a certain yeah. story. And you, and you can tell your kids about that. You don't necessarily have to capture everything on, on photos, you know. And, and it's like I when think people go and see their, their kids' show, you know, and yeah. all the parents, just the cameras come up and they're and watching their own children through a fucking viewfinder. Yeah, the the real thing is right there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the beauty absolutely. is right there. Right in front of you, yeah. 
Best times are often in life when you're out of range, when your phone isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully that's a theatre, because if I see people on a phone, you know, there's been famous stories of this with actors going, you know, put that down, please. Yeah. Stepping to the front of the stage and looking at someone. I think Patti Lapone did it a few years ago. Someone was trying to take a photo of her iPhone. She stopped the show. Stop, stop. She's doing Gypsy. She was in the middle of a big <laughs> rose, one of the roses, big numbers, rose oh. turn. She stopped the orchestra. She said, put your, oh, get them out of here. And, you know, wow. because there is something precious about it without being too precious, but there's something mm. precious about the live connected experience. Mm. And I think this is, a, is symptomatic of what's been going on over, you know, a number of years is what I, I see is not the death throw, death of community, but it's certainly been in strife that we're, we're not, you know, going into social media, for example, social media is not necessarily unifying us all. It's a sort of temporary bandage for aloneness or, you know. And also it goes back to that Chris Rock joke of you don't go on a date, you send your personal representative. You know, everybody on social media is not really being necessarily honest entirely about who they are. Conscious and so, subconscious. Yeah. yeah, so actually feeling bonded and connected yeah. in all our imperfect glory mm. is something mm. that we seem to be losing a little bit. And... um. And sort of segueing back to what you were talking about before, about technique and, ta you know, actors. Again, perfection to me is the enemy of creativity. And I think that's another thing that we've got to be very careful about. about everyone trying to be perfect. Mm. Or certainly in the work. I don't want to go and see perfect people. The only time I want to see a perfect person is when it's Morgan Freeman playing God. But apart from <laughs> that, do you know what I mean? But like apart from that, I'm, I don't want to sit and stare at a cinema screen and go look at all those perfect people. How shit is that going to make me feel? Because mm. I'm far from it, pal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. It, it, we can't relate to perfect. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. So that's why you're it's absolutely daunting right. And I think terrifying. It's, I think that's yeah. I think it's perfect. That's which has destroyed. I feel a lot of the people because mm. um, mm. they try strive towards it and. and and this whole fake notion comes into people's mm. lives, and oh, I want to do this, but I want to do this, whatever. And the changes, uh, like they do plastic surgery and, mm. and mm. all the concepts to in order to yeah. become something where they're not, where yeah. the real imperfection is in your imperfection. Absolutely, yeah, sorry, no. don't be like that, but like, yeah, you know, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And that's another going again back to for people who you know, if there's aspiring actors or people training as actors, but working actors discussing this stuff through things like this podcast, you mm. know, I'm not an expert on all this and, you know, we're all learning as we go, but if mm. there's one thing I notice from week after week watching wonderful actors coming through the room, it is the moments where people are letting go and not trying to nail the moment where they're allowing things to happen, a wonderful connection with another person while they're working with them. Mm. And and that's where you, you start to, you know, it's it, to me what we're doing when we're in class, main thing is we're you know we're obviously working on our craft and, and on honing our technique so that when we get out there and we're working we match fit but there's also something about you know we used to sit around something it could be a fire it could be sitting wherever we were and tell each other a yarn we just do it in class with a television screen it's that simple you know mm. we're telling each other stories and we're just working out how well we tell them so we can tell them to the best of our ability but yeah i don't like stories about perfect people yeah. Mm -hmm. And you spoke about age as well, like mm. um, uh, turning a young young audience into mm. seats. How can we change it? Because every time I go to a theatre, sure. it's usually older, like 50, 60 year old sure. white Caucasian women sure. in, yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah. And then, like. Sometimes with purple hair. Yeah. Purple rinse crown. Yeah, I'm like, I would love to have more youngsters of uh, all kinds. Yeah. Like, how can we do that? 
I want stories about everyone. That's what mm. I'm interested in. And if you want to, if you want people to go to the theatre, tell them their own stories as well, and then make everybody's stories universal and mm. accessible. One thing that I always used to come out a minor rash with was when. And no offence to people who have done this work before, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it just mm. used to bother me a little bit. When I go to the theatre, I'm interested in being a tourist and going on a bit of a journey somewhere. If a place set somewhere else, take me there. Yeah. So when we were obsessed with this, there was a sort of time where every single uh, either classical play or a play from another part of the world was Australianized, for want of a better word. Yeah. You know, so right. we'd end up with a version of a play with a hill's hoist and a Datsun in the background. I, I can see that outside. I, you know, I want to sit in a chair and be transported, not five feet down the road. Mm. Um, and on the on the flip side of, of the coin as well, people audiences are incredibly savvy. They are very very savvy. We we have probably always been, but it's such a you know our our access to information is bigger than it's ever been. So. You, you know, you've got to think in terms of what does a young audience want to see? They want to see stories about themselves. They want to be inspired. They want to be entertained. Comedy is a very important thing to me. I think, you know, most great theatre doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm. One of the most, you know, three sisters, about three people who want to go to Moscow and they don't. Um, nearly every play that has knocked me for six has often got an undercurrent of humour to it. I think that's pivotal. Um, and often in, is missed in some of the classics. I think, you know, people forget that Chekhov's and all that sort of stuff are, are comedies. And same with Shakespeare. You know, I worked for Sport for Jove for quite a long time, which I think is one of the best companies. Personally, I think it's one of the best companies in the world, but I think it's, you know, certainly in Australia. And Damo, you know, Damien runs it, but also any of the other directors, it always it was about actor's joy. It was about playfulness. It was about all that wonderful stuff that makes an audience lift and rise to the occasion. And we had lots and lots of young audience members who adored it and, they, you know, Regular visitors. I think that's my phone. Who is it and what do they want? That's a very different point. Felicity, right. who is it? What do they want? <laughs> well, best mates. Well, anyway, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. but, to, but to, to, to finish up, we yeah, ask, sure. our, ask our guest, what could we wish them chookers on on a project coming up or something coming up in, in, in the near future that you're allowed sure. to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, uh, after you'd yeah. like to give a shout out to Chukas, anyone who you know is sure. who needs it. Or yeah, okay. Yeah, fantastic. All right. <laughs> should have told yeah. this before. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> I'm thinking on my feet, but no. Um, on, a, on a grand scale, I suppose, I, I think given the, the, the time we're in, it's a difficult time. But mm. I think, you know, I wish everyone... So Chukas from me or from, from you guys? Chukas from, from you two? Is that, mm. is that who's giving out the Chukas? Is that right? You too, I think we're all giving out. We're all giving out. out. Yeah, yeah, so no worries. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly put on Instagram yeah, and, and social media. Yeah. Social media. We'll, we'll so to, to to everyone, you know, to health, happiness, and well-being in a very turbulent time. I think is kind mm, of an important right, one. Right. You know, health, happiness, well-being in a in a turbulent time. Um, to all the creative folk amongst us, and everybody's creative in some way. But you know, people in our line of work. Um, to 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 we can't say stay positive because positive's now got a new meaning during the time of COVID. You don't want to be positive; it's uh, accentuate the negative. Um, but yeah, you know, to, optimistic, to no, stay optimistic, stay upbeat, stay optimistic. You know, know that things will be different, but they will go back to a place where you know things will reopen, and and not to lose faith in that. I think that's mm. very very important. Um, and personally, if I want chookers from you guys, I mean, we, we do have, we were going to be doing a production of Merchant of Venice. Uh, yes, last yes. Year. Is that back on again? 
It will be back on, and we have a we do have a slot that we've been offered, so we're going to read. We will be mounting it at the, the same thing. It won't go into where and when yet until we sure. Know, but okay. but um, pretty but fabulous cast. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. When it does come up, we'll love to have you. Thank yeah. you, and we'll put yeah. you on Instagram. Absolutely, yeah. and um, in terms of people specifically who who need it, I mean, I guess you know everyone needs chukas in some way. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I don't know. Certainly, certainly not the. Uh, Orange cockwomble on the other side <laughs> of the, the pond. Maybe, maybe. You ain't having any of the chuckers. We're keeping the chicken. Well, here. maybe chuckers to Biden then. Chuckers to Biden. Chuckers to Melania on only her few new venture. Only a few more days. May, di- may divorce be with you. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm glad we kind of avoided that subject matter. But what an extraordinary time we've gone on. Mm. Yeah, so chuckers on a new, on a new chat. Well, by the time so. this comes out, he'll, he'll be well and truly a president. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah. well, well, thank you so much for coming Man, on board. Absolute pleasure, and yeah. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's really, really great. And, well, thank you. Know, you. Anything yeah. that knits us back all together, or keeps us all together, I think is is pretty pivotal. Yeah. That's so. that's that's the overall objective objective that yeah. brings everyone together. So that's, uh, that's thank you so much, Sam, for having pleasure uh, taking out uh, a few hours of the day. You know? Yeah, no, yeah. and an honor. Thank you very much. And thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> thanks so much, guys. Bye bye, sugars, sugars. <laughs>